Welcome to 4,000 Weeks, the weekly audio dispatch from 4kweeks.com. This is basically just the audio version of our weekly newsletter, which you can subscribe to at 4kweeks.com. Why would you want to do that? Well, there's some links to all the content that you might be able to click on and a little bit more context sometimes. And we also offer discounts on there. So head over, head on over to 4kweeks.com and sign up. All right. The first thing that I owe you today is something I forgot last week. The dad joke of the week. And so we will, I will read you the first part, which I'm surprised that nobody has told me, nobody has emailed me at spencer at 4kweeks.com and told me what the first part of a joke is called. We know the second part is called the punchline. What's the setup called? Maybe it's just the setup. Maybe I just figured it out. If you disagree, email me. So why was the coach yelling at the vending machine? See if you can guess it by the time we get to the end of this podcast, 20 minutes from now, 20, 25, maybe we'll see. It's kind of a long one. Week seven of the year has arrived. Somehow the beautiful days are sweeter in the winter. I don't know if it's like this where you come from, but in the middle of February, the sun shining on your face after days of bleak, cold, icy weather is like that first stretch after a long night's sleep. It's time for you to walk over to your 4K Weeks poster and fill in another square. Have you done it? All right, here we go. Remarkable Weeks. Week 7 of 1930, Clyde Tombaugh, an American astronomer, discovered Pluto. Interesting fact, he crafted his own telescope inspired by an article by Latimer J. Wilson featuring sketches of Jupiter. He made his own dang telescope. What'd you do today? (laughs) Another fun fact, if you could drive to Pluto at 65 miles per hour all day, every day, it would take you only... 6,293 years. Clyde was 1,254 weeks old, just over 25 years. Week 7 of 1903, Morris Mitchum, a Russian businessman, puts the first teddy bear on sale. Of course, the teddy bear was inspired by President Theodore Teddy Roosevelt. As I wrote this, I thought to myself, man, I wish Teddy Roosevelt hadn't been a racist. Because other than that, he was a superhuman. It was insane the things that he accomplished. He was an, I mean, just a beast of a man shot in the chest while getting ready to give a speech. And because he wasn't coughing up blood as a hunter, he knew he was likely okay. Gave the speech and then went and got treated. That is toughness that we are not familiar with. Um, you know, You don't want to judge the heroes of the past by the standards of today, but I like to think that racism was an easy call back then, too. Week 7 of 1923, Howard Carter, archaeologist, uncovers the inner burial chamber within the tomb of Egypt pharaoh Tutankhamun, revealing the sarcophagus. He was 2,597 weeks old, or 49.8 years. What an amazing moment to be there when they discovered that. History, man. How many things have been buried in sand? Okay, still our new experimental section this week. What are you doing? Which this is the second week we've done this. Might be a flash in the pan. And consider this an invitation for you to send me a picture of your unique take on how you use the 4K Weeks poster to accomplish your goals. And, you know, what you're working towards. You can email me a pic at Spencer at 4K Weeks or you can tag me on Instagram at the 4K Weeks. 
This week is Sky S's poster. Sky is a business owner and 42 years old. And when he emailed me, I had to double take at his goals. There's 17 of them, but the three that I thought were most impressive uh, and wouldn't be impressive, frankly, at any age, but at 42 are kind of gobsmacking, running a sub five minute mile, having a VO2 max of 60 plus and an 8% body fat level. Those are elite athlete level numbers. Um, it's staggering. So kudos to him. You can see the picture in the newsletter. It might also be posted on the Instagram feed too, because the remarkable thing that Sky is doing is marking off 20 week increments for focusing on those goals. And he said that, you know, a 20 week increment means that he can see, you know, that he's 5% there with each square he checks off. Right. And so Sky says that, uh, the thinking behind purchasing the poster is that while 20 weeks may seem like an eternity, it's actually a very small part of my life and I don't have forever. So if not now, then when? To illustrate that, I boxed and highlighted those 20 weeks. It makes it seem so much easier when I look at the poster. So that's a super interesting way to be using his 4K Weeks poster, both as a reminder of his mortality, but then also as a little nugget of time that he wants to make progress in. That's spectacular. It's a good idea. I might steal it. This week's quote, I'm going to read it to you twice. You will not be punished for your anger. You will be punished by your anger. And that is from the Buddha. There's a great Instagram video. Um, and I don't know how to tell you to find it except to Google Salma Hayek and insults in a different language. And she says, basically, if I start yelling, you should watch it. Um, if she's, someone starts yelling insults at you in another language, they mean nothing to you because you put all the meaning into the words. And so you can just drop the meaning when they're said in your language. And I think that almost gets at it better than the Buddha. You put all the meaning. So you get to choose what meaning you do or don't put into it. It's all inside of you. And I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a bit because I feel so strongly about this. There is nothing in a thing that automatically requires you to get angry or offended or sad or annoyed. There is no there there. All of the response is inside of you. All of it. Everything. Every single bit of how you feel about what I'm saying right now has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. And the same is true when someone's screaming at you. Um, I mean, we can talk about physical violence, right? But you still get to choose how to respond. And so we have, uh, uh, pause, we've all been conditioned to quickly respond to stimulus from the moment that the doctor slapped us on our butt so that we would take our first breath. And instinctually, we, are, we have been designed that way, to respond quickly to the rustle in the brush because there might be a lion there. But it is not useful for the beings that we have become in almost every circumstance. And I want to be clear. I fail at this daily. The habituation is strong. There is no doubt about that. You would think that by now, when my kids leave a mess around the house, that I would have learned not to take it personally, but I'm still not even at 50%. And so I am still working on it. But you don't ever have to do or feel anything or any way. You are always choosing to feel something or some way. I can't overstate this. And it is the black belt level of self-discipline. No matter how small the space between stimulus and response is, it is still there. 
And the work you have to do here is somehow driving a wedge between the stimulus and the response so that you can wait for your enlightened self who actually considers your motivations and your hopes and dreams and desires for this moment and then chooses a response. So like the, the pro version is stimulus, breath, response. The amateur version is stimulus response. The ultra pro, pro version of this, the thing that we can all aspire to is stimulus, breath, 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 no response. And I hope that you know what, what I mean when I say stimulus and response, because this is some ninja level stuff personally. Um, something happens and you react. Something happens as the stimulus, you stub your toe. Someone calls you a no nothing waste of a life. Uh, you wreck your car, you lose $100,000 in the stock market, whatever, a thing happens that is outside of you and then you react to it. And there is no, you will never be able to convince me that you are not able to control almost all of those reactions if you set your mind to it. And you will get what you want in life way more if you do that work. And so the, the quote, the takeaway quote here, the actionable quote here is choose not to be outraged today, no matter what happens. I feel really strongly about that. It is, that is stoicism. If you had to like boil stoicism down, that's my main takeaway from stoicism. Increase the space between stimulus and response. Okay. What am I consuming this week? Um, the first thing. The first thing that I put in the newsletter is this amazing thing. Oh, look, I have it here. I'm going to show you if you're watching this video, the brick. And you can see that my phone is, well, I'm not going to show you my phone because there's a whole bunch of sensitive stuff on it, but it's my phone has been bricked for the last three hours and seven minutes. It is the greatest thing. So we've been doing this experiment at our house about screen time for all of us. And we have all been less successful than we wanted, all four of us. And one of the reasons that, that the kids have been less successful is that Apple screen time limits randomly turn off. And, and you can, in the newsletter, there's a link to a Apple support forum that has a thousand comments about how this happens and why this happens dating back to 2022. I mean, it's nearly a class action lawsuit amount of negligence on Apple's part. It's just made it difficult. So like we'll set all the screen time limits as agreed upon with the kids as part of the experiment. And then they'll just disappear overnight and our kids have to self-report, which to their credit, they have been doing. Um, so the brick is the easiest solution that I can imagine. It, you just touch it to your phone and click the button. And then all of the apps that you have selected do not work until you touch it to your phone and click the button again. So when I am tired and I'm writing something and I'm like, oh, this is hard. I just need a little bit of dopamine. And I reach for my phone. There is just nothing there that is worth looking at. So I set it right back down. It is spectacular. Uh, it's so awesome that I would imagine Apple will try to kill it one day because they want you looking at your phone. Um, God, phones, man. Such an amazing tool. But like you have to smack it. It's like if, if phones were a hammer... They, you would be required to smack yourself in the face with it half the day. That's what a phone is. It's like, oh, this is so useful. Damn it, damn it, damn it. 
Anyway, um, so also there's a discount. I can get you a discount because I loved it so much. They're a small company. They're bootstrapping it. This is the first run of them. They even say like, hey, we're trying to, it was two of us. We're just trying to get this going. So be patient with us and you should be patient with them. Um, but if you want a discount, if, if it's, I mean, look, if you are into this, you are into it. If you, if you know what, what value this holds, then you want one. Um, so I emailed them and asked if they had a discount code and affiliate link for us. And so I've got it. So if you are listening to this podcast and you want the affiliate link, either go to the newsletter or email me at Spencer at 4kweeks.com and I'll send you the discount code for them. Uh, spectacular. Five stars. Highly recommend. Okay. Let's move on from that. Um, the next thing, um, I'm reading this book called Read, Write, Own. It's by Chris Dixon. He is a partner at um, Andreessen and Horowitz, which is, you know, one of the huge um, venture capital firms in Silicon Valley. Started a few companies on his own before he became a partner. And look, I'm interested in the internet. I am interested in what it has been. I'm interested in what it is and what it could become. And like, just like today is always the first day of the year. Today is also the best day to plan for taking advantage of how the future might be totally different than today. And so that's why I'm reading this book, because he has a unique opinion and insight and um, uh, reputation and um, expertise that I wanted to read about. It's a really good book. I don't know if it's right or not, but it's a good book. Next thing, um, big questions with Cal Fussman. Guest Joe Chura. Joe Chura owns Go Brewing, which is... Um, you know, the premier non-alcoholic uh, brewing company in the U.S. Joe, well, first of all, the beer is delicious and you should order some. Second of all, um, you shouldn't drink alcohol. Like what's Peter Atia's rule? Like the first rule of alcohol is none. And then the second rule is don't ever drink anything that you're not totally enjoying. And then the third rule is like no more than two drinks a day, right? <laughs> so um, I've ordered their beers and they're great. So you should try them. But I saw on LinkedIn that Joe was on Cal Fussman's podcast. I don't know if you know who Cal Fussman is. He is a writer extraordinaire. He like interviewed Muhammad Ali. He's written tons of um, profiles of really interesting people. And he was on the Tim Ferriss podcast a long time ago. Tim Ferriss told him he should have a podcast. Now he has a podcast. Um, and so, and those Tim Ferriss episodes with Cal Fussman are really good. He's a great interviewer. He's a great interview. Super interesting dude. Um, anyway, Joe, Joe Chura is a customer of 4K Weeks. Uh, he listens to this or reads the newsletter. And so when I saw that he was on the Cal Fussman podcast, I was like, well, I have to listen to that. And I already knew Joe's story, which you should totally listen to. And so um, I just got on a soapbox about this, but I, I mean, it's amazing. I like to shine the spotlight on people who have done amazing and repeatable things. Joe worked at Ford on the assembly line and studied for college, 15 seconds at a time. You should listen to his story. It's the first, he's been on the podcast twice with Cal Fussman. It's the first one. I think it's number 54. Um, and then uh, both episodes are super interesting. I just like, you can do anything if you just decide to do it. And Joe's story is a serious example of that, like a spectacular, like, I don't know. I like to think I have my stuff together and have, and have made some hay out of, out of not much raw ingredients. Joe makes me look like an amateur. So listen to that podcast. Um, last podcast of the week, hard fork. It's called the episode was called media apocalypse. Now it's one of the most recent ones. If you're listening to this, an amazingly interesting discussion about the state of the media today, kind of where it's been, all the economics of, you know, how everyone was consolidated and then, you know, ad models changed, et cetera, et cetera. Super interesting because 
I don't know, a, a free and open media is a really important part of this experiment we have going on here that I seem to really enjoy. And I think you guys probably really enjoy called democracy. So it's interesting. And also that's where I heard about the Chris Dixon book and they bust his chops in the interview. I mean, they really kind of come at him hard with some things that they were wondering. And so it's a good interview. Um, Instagram nuggets there. You got to get to the newsletter, but I will say one. Um, what's his name? Jim Carrey. There's one of Jim Carrey where he just says, I have an insane belief in my ability to manifest things. And that is why Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey. I don't know if you know this, but he wrote himself a $5 million check while being a broke, nearly homeless comedian in LA, post dated it, I think it was two years. And, you know, that, like right about the two year anniversary of writing that check was when he got the big payday for one of his first big movies for $5 million. So an insane ability to manifest himself. What am I thinking about this week? This is a good one. And I, and I, this gets you right inside my head and, um, and I feel strongly about it. I mean, I typically feel strongly about the, what I am thinking about this week. Otherwise I wouldn't write it, but this is true. Someone has smiled through worse than this. So I went to a toddler's birthday party last weekend Actually, it was the weekend before last because this is recorded ahead of time. And one of the party favors that six of us took home was some vicious kind of stomach bug. And so I woke up on Tuesday at five in the morning just with an, just every part of my body was achy. I had almost no energy and I had lots of abdominal cramping. Too much information, but I had to set the stage. And so I went downstairs. This is... Uh, I think it was ended up being like seven o'clock when I got out of bed. I went downstairs and I laid on the couch for a while and I was just like contemplating my next move. Meanwhile, my wife was kind of fussing around me, doing her best to care for me and get me anything that I needed while also knowing, just like I knew, that I had to go to work that day. Like there was zero question. You know, normally I would let my body rest and normally she would say, hey, you feel like crap. Don't go to work. But we were leaving town in five days and a lot of things had been promised to people before our departure that had to be done. And so after a few hours on the couch, I stood upstairs to get dressed because we all knew I had to. And I was kind of bent over in my PJ still shuffling across the wood floor. You know, my wife was sitting there drinking her coffee right next to me. And I said mostly to myself, like, oh, well, people have suffered through worse. And as soon as I said it, it was like, boom, I realized that I was putting on this kind of sick affectation. I didn't need to be bent over and shuffling. Certainly I was uncomfortable and it was not my preferred situation, but so what? If you can stand up straight and walk, stand up straight and walk. If you cannot moan and groan with people around you, don't moan and groan. And then as I thought about it throughout the day as I was working, it just turned out that that day I had a lot of like headphones on, focus on the task, work to do. I realized that not only has somebody suffered through worse than this, but countless numbers of people have smiled through worse than I am currently going through. And if they did that, certainly I can at least try to, you know, have a brave face. And I want to be clear, I'm not advocating for you to go into work sick or not take care of yourself or toxic hustle culture or whatever. 
Like rest is often the best medicine. And if you can afford it, rest when you are sick. But sometimes a thing just has to be done in much less than ideal circumstances. And once you know it has to be done, just do it and try to smile. Don't make it harder on yourself and the people around you with any more woe is me than is absolutely necessary. And the absolutely necessary amount is zero. So if you can, instead of being sick like this, be sick like this, then I think you should do that. I mean, truly, it's hard to imagine a situation that you or me will ever find ourselves in that someone else hasn't made the best of. It reminds me of when I was in, this is a sidebar, it's not in the email newsletter. I played basketball in high school and one of the first few games as a freshman, I twisted my knee and I don't think I did any damage, but it was enough that I actually should have been out for the rest of the game. So I'm laying there on the floor and everyone's like, oh gosh, what did he do? And then as my teammates helped me up, my coach helped me up and walked me off the court, there's like applause and cheering. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is a kind of attention. I can see how some people would be really interested in this kind of attention, especially if they aren't the best basketball player on the court and getting all that kind of attention. And so you don't need to do that. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Fine. But if not, just smile and make the best of it. The second that you realize you have a choice, then the next question is, who do you want to become? because your next move will predict and precipitate who you are becoming. And if you are shuffling around the house going, oh, I just feel terrible, when you could actually be walking around the house and uncomfortable, then you are becoming more like a person who acts that way and leans into that attention that is not the good attention. And you don't want to become that. The second you realize you have a choice, the next question is, who do I want to become? Okay, that's it. I owe you the punchline to the joke. Why was the coach yelling at the vending machine? Because he wanted his quarterback double grown. Thanks a bunch. Again, I say this every week, some version of this. I hope you're having a spectacular week. I hope that you are pushing yourself in ways that makes you proud of your growth. I hope that you are trying to go out of your way to make the world a more fun and more interesting and better place for the people around you. I hope you're introducing yourself to people. I hope you're making the new guy feel comfortable. I hope you are truly engaged in your day-to-day -day life and enjoying yourself. Have a great week. <laughs>